This man has been sensational for us, and he has got a Cox Plate runner. I speak of Dean Evans from Winning Edge Investments, and Winning Edge Investments, you've got to start betting like a professional. Chances are you're about to lose. Dino, welcome back to Giddy Up, mate. How are you feeling on Cox Plate Eve when you have a runner in King, Colorado? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit crazy. It's, um, it's just not something you expect when you get when you get involved in the horse. You can dream about it all you want. But, um, yeah, to have, to have a runner in, in, in such a world-renowned race, is just uh, yeah, it's hard to believe. And, um, yeah, just a huge mixture of, of nervousness and excitement. And uh, I just can't wait for tomorrow. Is he the forgotten horse in a way? Everybody's talking about his stablemate gold trip, the Hong Kong star romantic warrior. There's been great debate on whether... Horses like Brightside and Fangirl can get a strong 2,000 metres. Is Alligator Blood, is this his, is this his year or militarised? Like he's a three-time Group 1 winner and didn't have any luck in a Caulfield Guineas off a, a slow tempo. But your horse was unlucky in a Winks. You can forget about his run in a Golden Rose. And I thought he was mighty in a Caulfield Guineas. And there's there's strong debate and argument that his run was as good as say a militarized, but no one wants to talk about your horse. So you, do you feel disrespected here, Dino? <laughs> it's, yeah, it is interesting. I think everything you say is right. And I think, um, I think if he'd got a gap in the wing stakes, he would have been right in the finish and people would have been really impressed with it, but he just got sort of chopped out at the wrong time. I think Golden Rose, because of his favorite, you know, he was sort of disappointing on face value, but I just, I think they kept him very fresh for that race because they thought 1400 was too short. Uh, it was a stop-start race. The track was really hard. So, you know, he was only beaten a couple of lengths. And, um, and people forget that there's plenty of sort of cock-plate three-year-old winners and, and place getters that, that were beaten a few lengths in the Golden Rose and a few lengths in the Caulfield Guineas. And, and yeah, I just think um, uh, Caulfield Guineas was kind of D-Day for us to know if he was really going all right. And um, I don't think there's many horses that, that could have set out three wide no cover in that race and, and run as well as he did. He was still finding the line late and forth, you know, beat home, militarise. You go through the, the um, you know, the, the day and, and there weren't many horses that got caught up wide that were able to do anything, particularly without cover. So, you know, he didn't drop off at all. He stuck on well. Uh, Kieran seemed very confident the 2,000 metres is what he's looking for. Um, he's finally sort of rock hard, fit and ready to go. And, and, and yeah, I guess the price discrepancy between him and militarise uh, is larger than I would have expected because I think, you know, Miller tries have been stuck out three wide, no cover where he was, but I don't know whether it would have been able to run all that much better. Romantic Warriors 380, touch $4 yesterday, now back into 380 for the Cox Plate. Zaki at $19. Brightside's been the f- big firmer since the barrier draw. He was double figures, now into $7. Alligator Blood remains solid at $5.50. Gold Trip solid at $8. My Oberon 61, even Pinstripe, he was 100 to 1, now into $71. After the barrier draw, Fangirl's been surprising me, surprisingly for me. She's still solid around that $8.50 quote. Joaz at 26. Victoria Rhodes done the opposite to Mr. Brightside. He was single figures, he even touched as low as $6 with Bet365 out to $12. Militarize at $8 and then King Colorado at $26. Who are you tipping, Dino, in this year's Cox Plate? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I like I like to do the, the previews of, of, of the races and look at the, the history. And I looked over the last 12 years and there's some really interesting things that I think people probably haven't noticed. Uh, in the last 12 years, Mayors have won six of the races. You know, I've had winks before them, but, but Mayors have won six of the last 12 or three. Old Colts won one of them. And four four-year-old Entires, which is a mixture of four-year-olds like Animo, but then a couple of those Northern Hemisphere three-year-olds like uh, Adelaide and State of Rest and a five-year-old Entire. So, 
know, from 59 starters, we haven't had a gelding win in, in 12 years. Uh, and there's sort of six gelding in the market in, in the race. Um, and the other interesting thing is, is the horses with the top weight, the 59 kgs, have had 79 starters for one winner. Um, so 11 of the winners in the last 12 years from only 65 starters have been potentially a group of mares, colts, and, um, and young empires. Um, and so, you know, when you, when you sort of look at how, how this race has been shaping up year on year, um, you know, taking short odds about horses like Romantic Warrior and, and Mr. Brightside, Alligator Blood, Gold Trip, um, you know, mathematically, uh, they're going to find a lot tougher to win than, than some of the good horses. So I'm, I'm, I'm really leaning towards some of these horses down, down the bottom. Um, Victoria Road, Northern Hemisphere, three-year-old Colt, Trade Bay, and then O'Brien. You just had that similar profile to both Adelaide and State of Rest, who both won Cox Plate. Uh, as normal Northern Hemisphere three-year-olds for the O'Brien family. Won the bleed, is cut in juvenile, over 17, 60 metres at Keeneland as a two-year-old. Ran third at Ireland, a group two level, only beat 1.5 length last start. Um, you know, there's some pretty pretty good male horses working well, and they're happy with them. Blake Shin uh, is probably riding, you know, as well as anyone in Melbourne at the moment. Uh, and I think Victoria Lowe is really, you know, right up to the race, up to his eyeballs, I think. Just with, that, Girl, then, just with that, Dean, sorry to interrupt, can you explain the drift yeah. then for us? Uh, it might just be that there was so much money for him. Yeah. Um, you know, he, 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 you know, the bookies overreact sometimes and he was, um, you know, I, I actually advised members to back him at, at 26 to one, um, you know, quite a few weeks ago when it was confirmed he was coming. Um, and you know, since then he sort of firmed really heavily into the seven or $8 and I, I think, you know, there's always sort of this, this push for some of the Aussie horses is, is money for alligator blood, which makes sense. Uh, you know, people are back in gold trips. Um, Romantic Warriors obviously come for a lot of support now that he worked well. So I think the market's just sort of shifting itself into shape. People like the three-year-old militarised. Uh, I think something had to drift. And, and so, you know, I think he probably just, he just came in so much that the people who wanted to back him have, have probably backed him. Um, and now they're starting to back some other things. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think that's the only explanation I can give for it. Um, I think Sandgirls is absolutely flying, you know, coming off a a 2.8 length demolition job winning a you know, $5 million race to King Charles State. Um, she was so heavily backed. Um, you know, she, she's, she's obviously done most of the racing over a mile, but she won a group one over racing 50 metres as a three-year-old, and they uh, beat Hinge, but then it's a five length back to the rest of the field. Uh, she's got Zach Burton aboard. She's always given the impression that she'd be a 2,000 metre horse. And, and I think the thing with Fangirl, you know, I look at some of the, the previous mayor winners like uh, Dane Ripper, and Pinker Pinker, you know, they were they were 1,400 metre mile horses as well. Um, and I'd say Fangirl, if anything, is more like a 2,000 metre horse than either of those were, and they were still able to win a Cox Plate. So um, so I think some people are sort of overestimating that concern of the 2,000 metres. I think this, this girl's flying, she's racing as good as she ever was. Um, and, you know, she when she was running second, she was running second to Animize. Um, so I think she's right up into this. And then, uh, you know, I do think the three-year-olds, three-year-olds have such a good record in this race. Um, you know, militarizes one three group ones already. You guys, you know, everyone's seen that sort of Corfield in his run, which is similar to what so you think did, but similar to what Seamus Award did. So you know, he's right in the race and he's luckily enough to have drawn well. Um, and King Colorado is, is a group one winner as well and, and you know, three wide night cover in the guineas, I think. I think it's just one of those things if he'd if he'd managed to slot in, he just had no luck. If he'd managed to slot in, I think he probably runs a good strong second, he probably hits the line really well and everyone would have been talking about him and he probably would have been, you know, twelve dollars in this race. So mm. Um, so, I, you know, I'm leaning right down to the, to the bottom, but I, I think somewhere between Victoria Road, Brown Girl and the three-year-olds, I think the winner's going to come from one of them. So, Mickey Gannon, who's a terrific judge, he's got a great record, 
with us here on our weekend preview and throughout the week on Bag of Tips, he'll give you $29 for Fangirl. And he loves his Sydney form especially. Yeah. So I don't can you know. Give me his number? Yeah, I know. We'll, <laughs> we'll see if we can get him. I'm happy to I'm happy to sort something out. Yes. We'll see if he'll give you $29. The, the, yeah, question, nice. the question mark that I've got, a, I've got a couple of questions for you. So Fangirl's going to go back from the draw. She, she'll probably need a gem from Perton, won't she? Well, she's got the she's got the best rider in the race, so if I'm yep. going to give her a gem, uh, it's going to be him. Yeah, I, I just see her as a horse that's just going to sit and wait and wait, and they um they they go so hard early in the Cox Plate. You know, they 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 sometimes walk early, but you know, Alligator Blood and Zaki up there, they're not going to muck around. Alligator Blood won the mind power by running into the ground, and Zaki's always been better running horses into the ground as well. So they're yeah. going to go hard. I presume you're going to have militarised and King Colorado with their light weight right behind them. Um, and with those lightweights, they're just going to truck up into it. Um, but then you're going to have other horses that are just going to be off the bed, I think, and struggle. I think Mr. Brightside will struggle over 2,000, um, and I think he'll be going backwards. And then you have a likes of sort of gold trip, um, you know, Victoria Road coming into it. Um, and I just think Fangirl is the one, that, you know, I can see Zachy's just going to sit. He's just going to wait and wait yeah. because she's a question mark over 2,000. If there's one horse who's going to be hitting the line hardest than any of them, I think it's going to be Fangirl. Uh, and it'll just be a question of whether she gets there in time. But but I think that's just going to wait and pounce. Um, and like I said, I you know I can understand why why people might have a question mark over two thousand with her. But when I go back and look at mares like Dane Ripper and Pinker Pinker, I go well you know this race can actually suit those horses. Yeah, and that that stat six of the last twelve years. I don't know Winks plays a major part there, but it just proves what a farcical it is that mares still get a weight allowance in these type of races. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, I just think the weight allowance is, is, is helping the, the mayors, it's helping the, the, the young empires um, and, and the three-year-olds to a point where, um, you know, the history has shown us that it's very, very difficult for those, those older girls yeah. to, to win this race. Just, just, just the last one on this race. I'm really keen on Romantic Warrior. Your ratings and what you look at, Dino, my opinion is if he turns up into the, the form that we know he can, like close to his best, say 95% of his best, he wins this year's Cox Plate because he's simply faster than his opposition. Is that a fair comment, or do you think that the Hong Kong form can be a little bit overrated in a way compared to our form here? Yeah, it's, it's interesting that, that that Hong Kong form is not always all that strong. Um, there's often a question mark about it, and then but then you try to tie some lines. I think Dubai on. I came over here, fresh our horses, fresh animal. And they went over there and, and sort of, you know, Romantic Warrior told them up. But whether, whether Dubaiana was, was past it by that point in time, whether that was a run too far for him, you know, it, it sort of can be difficult to line up. Um, I know James McDonald has a huge opinion of Romantic Warrior, so you just have to respect the fact that, mm. that he, he talks about him so glowingly. Um, and I think probably thinks he's better than Anamai. Um, you know, obviously, wasn't, but it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot to, to make up the, the, the gap between him and the Turnbull now. I know it's three weeks, but, you know, he's beaten to the four lengths. He raced keen. He probably won't race his team this time, so help him. I think he'll be, he'll be ridden yeah. back. Uh, so I think we'll see him hitting the line well. Um, it's just, you know, a cock plate, still a cock plate. And, you know, I think the trainer, too, found he's sort of 95% fit. He's sort of been a half a run short, I'd say, uh, since he got here. Um, and that's going to be the, the question mark, and I think taking $4 about all of those question marks is it's too skinny for me, um, particularly with the record of the older horses. But, you know, I'm faced over what you're saying is right. You know, he's, he's a better horse. And, 
alligator blood and Mr. Brightside and Gold Trip and yep, we'll towel them up. But um, um, you know, I've got him six races, not like I, I don't think he can win. I think he's the best of those old sort of horses up on the weights, but I just I just think the historical factors have got me wanting to to find the winner from from down the bottom. Yeah, it's a great race because there's so many different opinions. Some say Romantic Warriors is, is a good thing. Others say that he's a false favourite. Some say Fangirl's streaming to get a strong 2,000 metres. Great judges like yourself think she's a wonderful chance. Some say Mr. Brightside will definitely get 2,000. What they saw after his King Charles, that he's looking for 2,000, gets a low gain, and he's a better chance than he was last year from a wide gain. Some say Alligator Blood can't get 2,000. Some say that he's never been in better form. Some say Gold Trip. Had too tough of a run and can't win. They should have saved him for the Cox Plate. Um, but others say that there's going to be tempo on and he's going to be the, the toughest horse on the way home. So, And Victoria Road's got that X factor. So it's got all of the ingredients. And then you've got your three-year-olds to be one of the great Cox Plates. It's definitely one of the most fascinating races in this great race that I've seen for quite some time. So bring it on. That's why we, we love this game, Dino, because there are so many different and passionate opinions on this year's WS Cox Plate. The Matacardo, well, there's only one bloke I know that says that she wasn't real value at $1.50 around that quote with Imperatrice for a Matacardo stakes, and that was our great mate Miles Fitzner on this show. But, like, she's into $1.35. Now, that's too short, but I thought she was value around that $1.50 quote there, Dino. I can't see her getting beat. What about you? I think if she runs the house, she's been racing, you know, and probably doesn't get beat. She's the best sprinting mare in Australia. Um, six wins and a you know, close second from her past seven start. Most in the group one level, way too good for them in the queue and in the, in the Moira. Um, she's certainly set to repeat here. She's, she's done uh, nothing wrong. She looked really good when she was working under Mickey D uh, earlier this week. Um, you know, I I don't know anyone who wins back in these things with a dollar fifty. has no short odds. It's not what I've done. Um, throughout my funding career, and, and I'm not about to start now. So, uh, you know, I don't back her. I'll, I'll see how she parades. If I feel like there's a chink in the armour, um, I, I might bet small on sort of like the Buenos Noches and, and, and Uncommon James. But, but with, with the total knowledge that if Imperatrice runs to her ratings and to her best, then she wins again here. And, yeah. um, you know, it's not like she's over the top. She's third up. Um, she's going quite well. You know, I do, I do think Uncommon James is a really good horse. She just pulled, uh, pulled its head off too much last start with the blinkers so he'll improve but it's not just been going well uh gets a good rider change here and you know i think uh coming up on everest too i think it's really underestimated how many horses really dance up on everest yeah. and, and go really well their next start so i think i and me was sort of the benefit of um had the benefit of uh of, of track bath last start um so i'm left with a really strong leader track bath again at Mingy valley um you know i'd probably be staying away from her but, but that can happen as well but for me, it's, it's probably going to just be a watch race unless I yep. you know, see Imperatrice in the yard and there's something I don't like. And this is why, this is another great learning curve for this great game when you listen to professionals like Dean Evans and then you listen to some other professionals now. At, and for us punters who are just recreational punters who enjoy a bet during the week but only small and you do it for entertainment, is that you do it because you do it for fun, of course, but you do it whatever suits you. Now there's different philosophies with different ways. People, people like to gamble. Some like to do multi, some like to do exotics. They can find value there. Others like to do win. Um, others like to do place. Others like to bet in certain jurisdictions. And some would say that a dollar 50 is a great bet for Imperatrice because they say, well, I love 
I love backing value. And if I've rated her a dollar thirty and I'm getting a dollar fifty, well, it's time for me to punt. So there's all types of different philosophies when it comes to this great game, and uh, I, I find it interesting. And if you think she's a dollar fifty chance, and um, if you think she's a dollar thirty chance, and you're getting a dollar fifty, well, then you put it into your multis. But it's it's such a it's such an interesting discussion point around Imperatrice heading into a Manicato. And let's have a, a look at the Group 1, the final Group 1 of the um, Sydney Carnival with the Spring Champion Stakes. We've got Raff Attack at $7. Tom Kitten, could this be his day? There's some say that he'll just win. The others, others say that there's a question mark over him getting a strong trip here in this year's Spring Champion Stakes. But he's at $2.30. Port Lockroy at $10, and then we go down to Tudela Vita, the filly there with Bet365 at $6, Dino. How do you read this race? Well, you know, we, we, we talked about Tom Kitten quite a few weeks, I think, when I first, uh, you know, was, was yes. speaking with you on the show, you know, and we, we talked about how well the horse had been trialling and it was flying, and uh, we had a chat about, um, you know, his futures price, and I think I, I sent something out to, to my members and said, you know, take that $12, $13, and, and that's it's looking all right now, but, um, you know, the horse is absolutely flying. There's no doubt about that. I think uh, I just, there's, there's nothing that, that I dislike more than a horse drawn barrier one. Uh, that's a back marker. It is the most, most difficult um, place to win. And I always use the example, I mean, there's a million examples, of, you know, and the statistics that I've studied show that undoubtedly. But you look at the... One of Winx's, you know, most difficult wins, I think, was in the Turnbull when she was sort of back on the fence and she only just won. And it's just very, very, very difficult to do for any horse. Um, and Tumkin goes from, uh, you know, Nash, who's, who's, I think, probably been the best rider in Australia for quite a while in the form that he's in. Um, and obviously the big suspension. Um, and he gets replaced and, and, and that's hard. And I just, I just think uh, um, there's a real slow speed here. Um, you know, my database is saying that they're, they're not going to go over really quick. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think that's a challenge for Tom Kitten. I think he's, a, he's the best horse. He's absolutely flying. He's, he's, you know, hit the line really well. And both the dolls are fine and gloaming and he's going really well. But um, that's going to be his challenge. I think you know, he's got Tootle of Vita there who, um, you know, uh, really hit the line well in the flight stakes. Uh, she gives the impression by the autumn sun that 2000 is really going to suit her. Uh, you know, Chris Waller and Jason Collett there. I think two Levita's a really good chance. And um, I thought of Ruffy down the bottom there with Chris Waller with Madatsu, uh, still in the Melbourne Cup nomination. Yes. Um, uh, you know, ran ran a placing at, at, at Otaki in New Zealand and a listed race, only beaten the head. Uh, won really well at Kembla. Uh, he ran his fourth quickest last four hundred uh, six hundred of the day, plus 10.8. Uh, over the last 600, so he's, he's the horse that really stays. Well, he also likes the west, and there's been a bit of rain here the last couple of days, so um, I think that juice out of the track is really going to suit Nadatsu and make it a real sort of toughest day in the fair. You can sort of sit in midfield. I thought it really huge odds. He was probably the one that um, that might surprise them all, but um, uh, you know, Tom Kitten, I'm cheering for him. We've got yep. the futures so. overs, but uh, given we've got those good prices, I'm probably going to look at backing you know, Tudor Levit and Nadatsu and um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, have a few running for us at good odds. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think Tom Kitten, when we've been talking up his chances in this race for over a month now, but, um, you might be on the opposite 
train to say Mickey Gannon with Fangirl, but he's Ken on Medatsa as well. He's been tipping that horse strong all week, and including yesterday's weekend preview. So $26 still with Bet365. Hey, Dino, thanks for your time. Love your input as always, and the best of luck in tomorrow's Cox Plate. Thanks, Gareth. Really appreciate it. And, uh, uh, yeah, hopefully we can, we can have some luck. Yep, go and get them, mate. Thanks for that. There's Dean Evans. WinningEdgeInvestments.com. Tips and ratings from professional punters throughout the spring racing carnival. Chances are you're about to lose. And the best ever winner, and I keep on saying this each and every Friday, um, the best ever winner that you could back this weekend, head to Winning Edge Investments, go to their membership page, you type in SEN, and you get a lifetime 50% off a membership. So that's a 50% lifetime discount on um, a membership there at Winning Edge Investments. Now, that is backing a winner this weekend. Chris Nelson's done the form for a Saturday afternoon on Cox Plate Day, and we head to Doombin. Hello to you, Chris O. Good morning, Gareth. How are you? Good, thank you, mate. What are we doing from a punning perspective? You have been seeing them beautifully. Jeez, it's a privilege and honour to have you on our show. I don't know that I'd go that far, but uh, we'll see. I would. We'll see. We'll see how we go tomorrow. Uh, Ten races at Doombin. Tricky-looking day. I think there's two good things. Race four, number four, Rising Pacific. Uh, he's flying for Tony Gollan. Four starts since coming from New Zealand. He's won two. He should have won three. That will run at Doombin three back. He was the best of good things beaten, and his last win was dominant. I think he can go on and win again. So race four, number four. And the best bet of the day, no flash odds here. Hopefully we get some black figures. Race nine, number 11, Eagles Crag. Uh, was engaged in race four. Thankfully, they took him out and put him in this race instead. He's had one run back from uh, a break, formerly trained uh, down your way now with O'Day Hoisted. He ran second to Cotty. Now, Cotty came out, as we know, and won again at uh, Eagle Farm last Saturday. Eagles Crag had the last crack at Cotty, just couldn't quite get there, but uh, fitter. Draws a lovely gate. Down in weight. There's just ticks all over the place for Eagles Crag. I do not see how they beat him, all things being equal. So he's the best. Race nine, number 11. Just uh, another one to throw in. The way this maps now, race eight, number three, Preach, is starting to look a good thing. Only leader in the race. Uh, he's Led and basically been rated beautifully his last two wins by CJ Gray, and I think she'll be able to do it again. Uh, the two Heathcote runners, one national choice, and two release the beans. They need a little bit of tempo to be able to run over the top of Preach, and I don't think they'll get it. So we'll throw this one in as well. Race eight, number three, Preach. It's a, it's a bet day tomorrow there at Doombin then because we had Tony Golan, who's declared race four, number four, as his best for the day there <laughs> Good. in Brisbane. And then Matty Hoist had said, just get on Eagles Craig. You can't see it getting beat as well. And then when Chris Nelson tips both those horses, it is the perfect ingredients, basically. You know what it sounds like, Gareth? It sounds, good. it sounds like a cracking multi. Correct. It sounds like a good thing multi. Um, but betting responsibly, of course. What's gambling course. really costing you for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Um, what about tonight? I've got one for you tonight at the Sunshine Coast from Stable yeah. Mail. Um, we, we had a chat to our mate, um, Robbie Archibald. You know, all the runners that Annabelle Neesham's got around the country this weekend. I said, what's your best? He went to a, a 58 at the Sunshine Coast in the final event. Torfix Star, race seven, mm. number seven. Well, I can tell you there's not a lot of chances in that last race. So I've narrowed it down to Torfig Star and one in all who won a trial nicely the other day. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't pour cold water on that at all. But that's a really good meeting tonight. We've got a $100,000 race, race number five. Uh, the likes of shooting for gold going around in that. That's this early carnival Brisbane race, this one tonight. So uh, get involved in that. If you want a tip in it, I'm going to go each way. Number nine, Extremist from the inside, inside gate. She's a really good mare from the Heathcote stable. But... A good meeting tonight at the sunny coast.
All right, mate. Thanks for that, Chris. I appreciate your help as always. Anytime, Gareth. Have a great Cox Plate weekend. So who's your tip in the Cox Plate? I'm going with two of them. Alligator blood and militarised, and I'm happy to pour cold water all over the favourite. Can't have it. All right, then. That's disappointing for, for me because I, <laughs> I, I can't have anything Doesn't... else apart from Romantic well, Warriors. So that's why it's a great game. It's it's a fascinating race. So many different opinions. Like Dean Evans says fangirls is his top selection. Mickey Gannon's going to give him 30 to 1. I think Romantic <laughs> Warriors is a good thing. You won't have him. It's it's a it's a great race. It's I don't think I've I don't think I've seen a race for a long time like a big Grand Slam race like this that's divided opinions from good judge. I'm not saying I'm a good judge, but from different judges. You know what I mean? Yeah, and isn't it great? I mean, I'd rather have this than a standout going for you yep. know two or three Cox plates in a row. I know that's really good, but this is more exciting for mine. Someone will have egg on their face and someone will be bragging for the next year or yep. so. So that's why we love this game. Good on you, Chris. Thanks, Gareth. Cheers. And this man, I think he's putting his best foot forward. From the beatenfavourite.com, the great tip-off and the co-host of the Sydney set with Mickey Gannon on SEN 1170, Saturday mornings from 7am. You can also listen to that show on our SEN app. I speak of Nicholas Ashman and he joins us now. Nick, good morning to you and happy Cox Plate Eve. Yeah, happy cosplay to you, uh, Gareth, to you as well. What a fascinating race it is there tomorrow. Got uh, the Mooney Valley Gold Cup run tonight, which will be an interesting one. The first three favourites there are already in the Melbourne Cup field, so be interesting to see what uh, what plays out tonight. But uh, it's a new-look Cox Plate day, mate, and it's an absolute ripper. I find this Cox Plate so fascinating. We just had Chris Nelson on. He says, Romantic Warrior can't win. I think it's a good thing. Dean Evans says, Fangirl is a bet. Mickey Gaddon says it's a 30 to 1 chance. Some say Victoria <laughs> Road won't get a strong 2,000 metres. Gold mm. Trip will be too flat from a Caulfield Cup, but some say the tempo will work out beautifully for him and he'll be finishing over the top. Some say Mr. Brightside will definitely get 2,000 from that gate and get the run of the race. Others say that he'll blow up. Alligator Blood, is he good enough to win a weight for Age Cox Plate? Some say no. He's been blessed in his last two Group 1s. Others say that he's never been better. Zaki, has he still got some spring in his legs from the widest gate? It's a fascinating race mm. with so many different opinions from respected judges. And for our fans and, and, and from our, our, our listeners here sending their text messages through, I've never seen a big race like this divide opinion like it has, Nicholas. It's a world of dividing opinions at the moment, Gareth, and it's only fitting that the cock plate this year is just carrying on what seems to be a recent tradition. So... Um, look, I tend to agree with you. It does revolve a bit around r romantic warriors. So, look, I'm against him, but I, I can see that I could be completely wrong. He's got to find four lengths to make up from what he his beaten margin in the Turnbull Stakes, which is a fair bit to do from one start to the next. What he has in his favour is that if you speak to most ratings people, they'll tell you that it's almost or highly unlikely that Gold Trip will get back to the same rating he produced in the Turnbull. Reason being is he's coming out of a fast-run Caulfield Cup this year as opposed to a slowly-run Caulfield Cup it was 12 months ago when Durston beat him. And the, what makes it difficult for those that don't, don't understand foundations and set up for horse races is when you're coming out of a fast-run 2,400 metres, usually your best bet is to go up in distance if you're going to run seven days later. In this instance, he's coming back 400 metres or 360 to be exact. So that's the issue that faces him. Just on that, uh, that Nick, you, mean... just on that, I've seen, I've seen, I know the different Caulfield Cups, but I think sometimes yeah. the best preparation, especially on the quick backup, is is dropping back in trip. 
So going from 2,400 to 1,000 or doing something like Regal Power did in a all-star mile when he went from 2,000 of Australian Cup back to a mile. I think sometimes that can be a, a formula of success. Like, is there data to suggest that, or do they have to be slowly run race, like 2,000 well, or 2,400 metres back in trip? Yeah, generally speaking, I like slowly run. Yeah. Uh, just because it's nothing more than a six or 800 metre sprint home. So it's like a really strong working gallop a week out, which is the perfect setup for a, for a major race or to come back in trip. So I, I'm not saying he can't win. But I'm just saying, I think the odds are stacked a little bit against Gold Trip uh, this weekend. In that in that sense, uh, he's a very very good horse, and uh, and he'll hopefully go to the first Tuesday of November as one of the favourites. You talk about Zaki. Um, I feel like when he gets to Flemington, that's when we'll see the best of him. He's a big track horse. I didn't like the way he got round the Valley last year in the Cox Plate. Maybe uh, maybe he'll improve this year. Mr. Brightside, I ch- tend to sh- share the same sentiment that's out there that he's at his best around a mile. Fangirl beat him pretty comfortably. I, I'm struggling to work out how she's longer than him in the marketplace. She beat him comfortably in the King George last time out, the King Charles, I should say, last time out, um, by like two and three quarter lengths. And yes, people are saying, well, she hasn't run 2,000 metres yet. Okay, Mr. Brightside's done it twice and, and hasn't won on either occasion, including in last year's Cox Plate. So which one do you side with there? The one with less convictions or the one that's got two convictions but hasn't run poorly at 2,000? I'm sort of with Dean Evans in the sense that I think Fangirl is probably the real X factor in the race. She's got that big number last start. Her figures this preparation suggest she's come back in career best form. Sometimes with these mares, as they get older, they thicken up and they learn to hold their sprint for longer. She's always had a dev- devastating turn of foot. And now maybe she's just starting to put one section after another. Great recipe for a Cox Plate. Got to talk about Alligator Blood. You mentioned him. He's ha- you're right. He's taking out the Underwood and the might and power against what I'd say slightly inferior fields to a large extent to what he faces here. But the figure he produced winning the might and power was Herculean. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a career peak on the stuff that I use. The big query for mine is, can he hold that number? But what I will say is that the market, I don't think is rating him based on that number. I think that $6 that's out there now is six fifty. I think that's a pretty good price for a horse with a, a last start number to his name that he ran in the might and power. So... A fascinating race. And then you've got the three-year-olds. Uh, militarised for me is the pick of them. Yep. I just wonder if Zach Roy can get him out of the barriers in time and, and bang him. He's a, if he jumps on terms, he could be one out, one back. Uh, it's a big, big call. But if he gets that spot, it possibly puts J-Max free wide, no cover on yes. Romantic Warriors. So lots to play out. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I was surprised they went with barrier three for militarised in a way because he has to do everything right from the gate now from barrier three, but Zach Lloyd's a young star and it'd be, it's, it's going to be fascinating watching him in a, in a Cox play at a high pressure race at such a young age, mm. but he's handled a lot of pressure in the early mm. part of his career and uh, he's been able to um, eat up that pressure. So good luck to young Zach Lloyd in his first Cox play. We've got a couple of minutes left, mate. So go through your best across the weekend, please, Nicholas. Yeah, okay, cool. So race four, uh, the William Crockett Stakes. We've got Shiva on top for the uh, the Hayes camp. Yes. She's won two of her four starts. Last up was pretty good over the 1,200 metres. Has been to the Valley before, but that was on debut. And I think she'll improve with uh, that look at the Valley. Uh, in race five, Antino. I think Blake Shin's got the options from that gate. It's going to be a fascinating crystal mile. 
Tuvalu goes to the front with Jamie Carr in the saddle. She's looking for a win. She's a bit out of form, Jamie. Uh, and then on her back will be Mark Zara on Prowess. Now, she's second up at a mile, so she's probably going to be still maybe one run short of her absolute peak, whereas I think Blake Shin on Antino gets all of the options. And my best each way on Saturday afternoon is race seven, number four, Puglia. Comes out, ran fourth mm-hmm. in the Caulfield Classic last week. Looking, this is a real race-shaped times-based tip. The race was run at a really slow tempo. Rift Rocket couldn't reel in the winner on that occasion. And I think it's a perfect race. You talk about backing up out of. Yes. This is a perfect race to back out, back up out of. It was a 2,000, slowly run 2,000-metre race. He backs up now, goes to 2,000 metres again, and he should be primed for a great run. So good each way bet. Race four, sorry, race seven, number four, Apulia. Yeah, Pulley's got a little bit of Sardozy about him, hasn't hasn't he? And she yeah. was held up at Sandown then on the quick backup, bolted home at Flemington. Anything in the invitation or the spring uh, champion I, stakes in Sydney? Yeah, I, I like Espiona in the invitation. Yes. Back, to, back to the girls' grade, back to 1,400 metres where she was absolutely dominant two starts ago. She's the one for mine. And in the spring champion, well, Mickey Gannon and I have been talking about this horse, Nadatsu. Oh, back yes. He's $61 on Wednesday. I think he's into about 31 now. He's the only three-year-old left in this year's Melbourne Cup, Gareth. Correct. He's the most interesting runner at, in, in Australia on Saturday. If he wins on Saturday or runs well, you'd think they have to go down to the Derby. He's still in contention there. Mm-hmm. They paid up for the Melbourne Cup on Tuesday of this week. That tells me there's got to be a level of intention to bring him down to Victoria and try and get in the big one. Then picture this, a horse that's got great form coming across from New Zealand, part of Chris Waller, gets into the Melbourne Cup with 49 kilos. He's 200 to one at the moment. I can guarantee you that won't be there if he's in the race on the first Tuesday of November. We'll have a dollar each way right now with Bet365 from the beatenfavourite.com, the great tip-off and the co-host of the Sydney set, ladies and gentlemen. That was Nicholas Ashman. Have a wonderful Cox Plate weekend, Nicholas. You too, G. All the best. Good on you, Nick, and make sure that you... Sign up for Nick Ashman's Cup Week special with thebeatenfavourite.com. They'll provide you tips and a staking plan across the four days at Flemington for $100. But this is the catch. If they lose over their staking plans, then you'll get the the $100 back. So they're guaranteeing a win. And if they don't win, you get your money back. So that's terrific value. Um, So they're backing themselves in. So that's... TheBeatenFavourite.com's Cup Week special, $100. But if they lose, you get your money back. Hello, Gareth. How, How are you going, you, mate? I am well. Take it away with your best, of course, at Mooney Valley on a Saturday yeah. afternoon. Can't wait for that. It's Cox Plate no, Day. The Valley, was, it's yes. going to be massive. It's a massive weekend as well, isn't it, mate? Valley tonight, Gawler Cup today. So I'm running on fumes. But my first best bet tomorrow at the Valley, race three, number two, Wishlaw Lass. So... For me, her last start win was too impressive to look past. I think she's she's drawn in barrier one here. She's going to get a run of the race up on the speed again. I think the race she come out of, she beat some stronger types like Foxy Frieda and Barbie's Fox. So I rate this as an easier race for her. I think she's going to get that really good run up on the speed. And we showed that she was tough late last time. So I'm keen to be with her again. All right, then. So wish... Um, just having a look at yeah, Wishlord last race three number two around two forty with bet three six five. What else have you got for us at the valley there? A little each way play that I'm keen to be with race six number nine Poifix. So I think there's been excuses around this filly in her last couple. So she's been caught out wide in her last two runs from wide barriers, and in her last start she pulled up with a slow recovery rate. So. We know of late the theme has been to re- forgive these horses when they pull up with issues. So I think she's over the odds. 
She's drawn barrier one here today. I think Mark Zara can shake her up a little bit more and she'll settle more handy than she has in her last couple of runs. So I think from barrier one, she lands in that position. I think she's got good talent. She looks like value to me. And Juddie Hayes made Poifect the best for the stable over the weekend. So that's a good push. Um, so yeah, I like that. Fine. What price we're getting for her? $13. She's been easy in the market. Poifect in that six race at the Valley. What else have you got for us, mate? Race seven, number three, but dad's the last one. Well, there's a, a couple of scratchings have taken his price away, but I still think he looks the one for me. He brings in that Griff form line out of the stut stakes, which I think is a really strong form line. So out of that race, the dad beat home Automangel, who won last weekend, and uh, Mojave Desert, who won a few weeks ago. So that race is stacked up now. He comes back to the valley where he's run well already this prep. So the dad looks the one for me. He should control the race from the front. And uh, his sectional suggests he'll see this trip out fair enough. What about in Adelaide tomorrow, mate? Interesting card in Adelaide. So, like I said, the Gawler Cup's on today. So they've sort of spread across two meetings. But I've got three there. So race one, number six, gives some lip, who's a maiden runner. Comes back to maiden level after he ran second in two pretty strong three-year-old benchmark races. Um, there's been good form behind the likes of Wiggum out of those races, who's a handy type. He's going to need a little bit of luck from a wide-ish barrier, but if he finds clear running air, I think he'll be pretty hard to hold out. Um, they opted to go here rather than a winnable race at Gawler, so I suggest they think they're a big chance. All right, then what else have you got, mate? Race six, number eight, Miss Kermy. Run on really well, resuming over the 1,200 metres. She goes up to the 1,400 metres today, which I think suits her a little bit more. Uh, one of the keys here is the race map for her. So there's not a lot of speed and particularly not a lot of speed underneath her. So I think she'll go forwards and control the race. And second up, she's generally a pretty good horse second up. So we can back her with a little bit of confidence at some value. All right, then in the final of your specials. Race seven, number one, Grand Piero for Jason Warren. So overall, his record's not super, but if you actually go and look at the form, he's been in a lot stronger races. So this time last year, he won the Geelong Classic and then he competed in the Group 1 Derby. Uh, I think he's had two runs now this prep and he looks set to peak third up, up in trip to the 1950. So he finds his race here today. I know he's got a bit of weight, but I think he's got the class. So we'll be with him for Jason Warren to close that up. Beautiful, mate. And you mentioned we've got some terrific racing today and tonight. I know you haven't been sleeping all week, especially after you tipped the Geelong Cup winner at 30-odd dollars in a maid. But at the Valley tonight, you're keen on one, especially in the fifth race for Peter Moody and Kath Coleman. Yeah, she dances. I think maps beautifully. He's a winner here at the Valley. I thought the last start at Group 3 level was super. I think she's going to go forwards from Barrier 2, control the race. Linda Meach in the saddle. It all lines up really well, in my opinion. So that's race five, number three. What are you doing in the JRA Cup? The JRA Cup for me is Forgot You. So just dropping back down to Group 3 level, I think the form... For her in the last few, it's been up in um, sort of harder company. Uh, Mooney Valley, four starts, won three of those and had excuses in his last start. So I'm expecting some improvement at a bit of a price there. And then race seven, number 14, you're with Luna Flair in the cup. Yeah, that's right. Won this race before, second in the race as well last year. I, she starts to peak around this part of her prep. So it makes sense with the Melbourne Cup on the agenda that she'll run a big race here going into that Melbourne Cup. Uh, Valley experience is always a positive as well. Beautiful. And who are you tipping in the Gawler Cup today? Going to be with Chicago Storm. I like some of the form that he's been around this prep. He, I reckon he was fifth off the top of my head in the Murray Bridge Cup, and that was a handy race. So he'll find this easier. He's won two out of four this prep. 
I, I think he looks set to win this sort of Gawler Cup level. Mate, you go and get them today. I think you've got a couple other tips there at Gawler. Nasho, race three, number six, and race seven, number two, secret war. Confident levels there? Yeah, reasonably. Nasho's yep. chased Jacko's horse, Kinetic Jewel, last time, so that's good form. Uh, and then Secret Ward just grows a leg at his home track there at Gawler. So I'll expect him to be going pretty well there too, second up. You enjoy your favourite weekend of the year, um, Cox Plate Weekend, Mitchie. We love your work. You can catch all of your work on formguidebreakdowns.com and follow Mitchie on X at Mitch Lewis 101 Good on you, mate. Thank you, mate. Have a good weekend and good luck to the punters. Frey Hickson joins us to preview Invitation Day and the final of the Group 1s in the Spring Champion Stakes. But we all know we've got the Golden Eagle which will be full of Group 1 quality gallopers going around next week. But, Ray, how do we back a winner tomorrow? Uh, good day, Gareth. Hopefully with a bit... Look, I actually think that it, it, I'm playing a little bit of a straight bat tomorrow. There's there's a few horses that seem to pick themselves, but I've I've tried to pick out a little bit of value to talk about, mate. We'll, we'll kick off in the Craven Plate, and I reckon it's time for Fireburn number nine, race six number nine. Uh, the rain around Sydney last night and today is just going uh, to push the track into the soft five range. Even if it gets back to a good four, it'll have a good sting out of it. And that's what she needs. Um, she doesn't need it heavy. But uh, she's low-level flying. She's just had races that haven't set up. And I know Gary Portelli's been keen to have her, um, you know, draw well and take up a closer position in her races. And in a field of eight, if she's not in the 1-1, one, one, I'd be very disappointed. Um, and I think it's her day. Race six, number nine, Fireburn at, 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 at a decent price. We'll skip over the spring champion because we all know I'll, I'll tip Tom Kitten. Yes. Because um, I've been on him all the way through. Uh, we'll go to the invitation, race eight, number seven, Magic Time. I, I really like this mare from Graham Begg. He's kicked this race out a long time ago and said, this is the race I'm setting her for. And I think that's all due respect to the invitation, which is still a newish race. I think she's the only horse in this race that's, had, that's been absolutely set for it. Um, so she's arriving here third up. A little bit of sting out's not a problem. Don't mind the barrier. She'll just roll forward and put herself in the first few. And she kicked their brains in in the Nivison the other day. And, um, yeah, look, I think she'll she'll win the invitation, race eight, number seven. And we'll go down to the last, Gareth. Race 10, number 10, fall for Cindy for John O'Shea. Uh, well placed, I think, this uh, mare who beat, uh, who, who won a race uh, at Warwick Farm a couple of weeks ago. Chased home sequestered first up. We know that's good form. Uh, I think she lands in a race that she can win. So race 10, number 10 will be the third of my selections. Who wins the Cox Plate, Ray? Gareth, that's a question you probably should ask me sometime tomorrow. I haven't really had a good time to go okay. through it. I'm in the, I'm in the fortunate All right, I'll ask you this question then, Raymond. I'll ask okay. you this question. Will Fangirl get a strong 2,000 metres? Uh, look, I think she will get it, but she okay. does need a good track. Yep, she'll get that. Um, yeah, if she gets a good track, she's, she's in a, a, a nice enough run. Uh, she's uh, she's a good chance of getting 2,000 metres. It wouldn't want to be one of those traditional hard slog Cox plates where the best stayer wins. Um, I, I think that might find her out a little bit, but she's got a great turn of foot, as we know. Um, and if she can find a back to follow around that corner, um, yeah, look, she's a, she's, a, she's a genuine chance. I think it's a Cox plate that's up for grabs. I know that much. Yep. While I don't have a firm opinion on who wins it yet, because uh, I don't have to, um, yeah, if you like Fangirl at this stage, I certainly would be uh, would be feeling that, pretty good about myself. That's all we need to know, Ray. And it might be Cox Plate Day tomorrow, but since we had a chat to James Cummings about two or three months ago, and we, you know, we sussed him out, and um, I think we got it out of him a little bit. 
Tom Kitten, the spring champion stakes has been his main grand final. I think we got $15. Um, and tomorrow for us, tomorrow for us here on Giddy Up, it won't be, known, good. It, it won't be known as Cox Plate Day. It will be known as Tom Kitten Day. Tomorrow. Tom Kitten Day. Yeah. Very well. Let, let, let's hope it is, Gareth. And yep. I wish I was on with some of that $15. All right. You enjoy your day, Ray. Thanks for that, Cheers, mate. mate. The Giddy Up Bag of Tips for Oz Equipment Rentals. Supplying equipment to the construction, mining, and roadworks industries. OzEquipment.com. And Shane Bennett's heading to the Ultima Hotel once again to enjoy Cox Plate Day with Shane Bennett and the team there at the Ultima Hotel. He's on the road after delivering one hell of a, a day there in the Ultima Hotel tent. For Geelong Cup Day, so drive safely, Benno, and hopefully we can help you back a few winners with your trip up there to the Mallee today. At Mooney Valley, Mitchellis likes race five, number three. She dances, as he explained. It does look a nice race for her from an inside draw. Race six, number three, Forgot You in the JRA Cup. And race seven, number 14, Luna Flair. We know that she loves the Valley. She's heading towards the Melbourne Cup, and he's going to have one and a half units on her, but he's confident with She's Dances. Four units on her today. At Mornington, he's keen on Sam Bagini. Three units on that galloper. Race six, number four there at Mornington. And Mitchie Lewis, as well as done the form for us for Gawler Cup Day, he likes race three, number six, Nasho. Two units there. Race seven, number two, Secret War, a unit there. And he's keen on Chicago Storm in the Gawler Cup. Race eight, number three. At Scone, Luke Ovanessi likes a couple. Race three, number five, Hey Siri. And race eight, number one, Magnetair. So race eight, number one, race three, number five. Luke Pepper gave us a good push for one yesterday at Scone. And that horse might be competing with um, one of Luke Hovanessian's best bet. I think just having a look now at Scone today, might be in race three. Um, it is. Press the pedal at 5.50. Hey, Siri. At 260, so maybe the Quinella there. And race eight, number one, Magnetaire, also one of his specials. Garrard's Horse and Hound for all of your equine essentials. Mildura Trots today. Race four, number two, um, Lil Dabloya, or Lil Dabadoya, two units. I've stuffed that horse's name up probably, but race four, number two at Mildura, two units there. And then this is a little bit easier. Blue Chip Delight, race six, number eight, three units on that pacer. And at Maryborough, so Mildura's tonight, Maribara today, race eight, number 12, Shanti D, three units there. And then So So Mari, four units, race 10, number six. So some confidence there at Maribara, especially race 10, number six. And that's thanks to Garrett's Horse and Hound, stocking the largest range at the best prices. Visit horseandhound.com.au. And thanks to the dogs.com.au, home of Greyhound Racing. Simon Orchard, he's sent through his tips and he likes at Goulburn, race six, number six, Packenham Silk, four units there. And race nine, number two, Father Rick, two units there. So race six, number six, race nine, number two, Father Rick, two units there. And uh, thanks to, and that's the dogs.com.au, the home of everything Greyhound Racing in New South Wales. And uh, thanks to grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhound Racing. And adding to many Claridge likes a couple. Race six, number four, Gold Star Mustert. So that's race six, number four, Gold Star Mustert. And a hat trick likes race seven, number two, Icy Hope. Race seven, number two. And then race 10, number five, Logger for Life. So race six, number four, race seven, number two at hat trick. And race 10, number five at hat trick at Addington, race six, number four. We love our dogs. They love to race. Check out grnz.co for everything New Zealand greyhounds.
And just quickly, Riley Morgan sent through his best for Belmont or Ascot tomorrow, I should say. He likes the same horse I do in race three, Triple J. Race seven, number 10, uh, Becca Lottie. And he likes race nine, number five, Sentimental Hero. So race three, number three, race seven, number 10, race nine, number five there for Riley Morgan at um, Ascot tomorrow.